Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Try to see what it is that God wants, wants us to learn. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going to tell you some things about parental duties. How many knows that we all have parental duties? Yeah, we got a lot, got a lot of stuff we got to do. So I'm going to go into the Word and see exactly what, what God tells us that we need to do as parents. It's very important in the hour which we live in that we understand what our duties are. How many know if we do our part and God to do His part? Amen. Isn't that good news? Uh, he won't do our part and we can't do His part. Hear what I just said. He won't do our part. Well, God, I want you to do this. He said, well, I'm waiting for you to do it. And so he won't do our part. We can't do his part. So I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy 6 um, and verse, verse 4. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. Um, it is the responsibility of the parents to give them, give their children the upbringing which they need. It's the parents' responsibility to do it. For them to live pleasing unto God. If you want your children, and, and I'm, I'm going to be a little, sound a little bit hard to you, but I'm going to give you the instructions that God told us to do as parents. Uh, it, but it is our responsibility to prepare them for a life pleasing for God. It's the, it's the parents, not the church. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad your children are here. But it's the parents, not the church, that is re- primarily responsible for, for spiritual, biblical training. We're just here to give you that. Remember I told you last week, we're, we're here to, to open up the dialogue between you and your children about God. We're here to empower you to be able to, to speak the things of God uh, in, into their lives. If it's just, we, we don't want double standards, only hear it here. Uh, so the church only assists with parental training. So I want to read uh, Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today because obviously I'm going to give you some duties. I think we need some instruction so the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's talking about the relationship that you have with the Lord. Parents, how many know before you can even start instructing your kids, you've got to have a relationship with the Lord? And it says, that's why it says here, You shall love the Lord with all, all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's how many, that, it's, it's, it's that relationship. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You, I'm in the New King James here, and it says you. I got you circled uh, here because he's talking to you. He's talking to parents. You, not pastor, not the, not the, not the youth pastor, not the, not the children's pastor, not not the, the nice lady across the street who, who, just, who just loves the Lord. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk with them when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign in your, on your hand that shall be as front as a sign between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. What this is saying is, is that the Word of God that you're supposed to teach is supposed to be repetitious. I mean, that repetition is the master teacher. 
Repetitious. Not just, not just every once in a while when you feel like it when they're in trouble. It's repetitious. Constantly. Be, being, being placed upon the doorposts of your house means to, it, out loud, out loud. Not, not just go in your door and in, in your closet, in your, in your room and shut the door. But man, the Word of God should be continuously spoken out loud. Things that, that is constantly just, just coming out. And it's just a, it's a, it's a constant figure upon your house, the things of God. This right here is, the, is what God is teaching us as parents. This is in Deuteronomy, right at the very beginning of, of the word God's instructing his people. This is how you, you raise your children up. The one thing we have to understand is if we do not do what Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse 5 and 9 tells us, then we are against the obedience of God. We're not being obedient of God. You understand that? It's not because our, our excuses, we work too hard, we got too much going on, or, you know, well, it's, it's church responsibility. If you're not doing it, you're not being obedient to God. And if you're not under obedience to God, then you're under, not under the blessings of God, but you're under the cursings of God. So I just said, if you're not being obedient in any area, in the area which you know you're supposed to be obedient, then, then you're not under the blessings of God, but the curses of God. And they are found in Deuteronomy 28. So you can flip over to Deuteronomy 28 and Deuteronomy 28, chapter number 15. And in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 15, it says, it says this. It says, but you shall, it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments. Hear what it says? All his commandments. All his commandments. Can, can we... Can we do all his command? Of course not, but it's in our heart to, 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 to be obedient. All his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses, if you do not do it, all these curses will come upon you. And then I want to go down to verse 32, and here's what happens. Here's why it's so important. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, and your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. And there shall be no strength in your hand. What that means is there will be nothing that you can do. I don't think there's anything any more helpless or anything more that, that could be any sadder or in, in a worse position than for your child to be in a spiritual position and you realize that there's, you have no strength to get them out of it. Not just because I understand that m most of our kids, especially get older and the teenagers, most things, the trouble they get into is based on choices. I understand that. You got a choice to say no. The one way to, to defeat the enemy is just say no. Just say no. But how many knows that God has given you as the parent to be the spiritual head of your children? And we're here to empower that. And what you have to understand that when you're being obedient, whenever you're the one that's putting the word of God out there and they know better and they just don't, then how many know just because they know better and they don't, that still doesn't mean you don't have the strength to overcome whatever it is the enemy is throwing at them. You have to understand that. Don't ever put yourself in a position that is, was always my goal as a parent and still is today. I don't ever want to get in a position that I don't feel like that spiritually there's nothing I can do. It's never over. There's always one more prayer to be prayed. There's always one little bit of faith to be released. There's always just one hope that can be released upon your life. And as long as you hang on to that, then there is no such thing as you have no strength and there's nothing you can do because we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us because we're being obedient. You are not under the curse. You're under the blessings of God. And a blessing is God's divine intervention to cause your work to succeed. Sometimes we've got to work at it. 
Sometimes we've got to go after with everything we have. But thanks be to God because we're under the blessing and not the cursing. It will succeed. Amen. You have to believe that. Don't let the devil tell you a lie that you're under a curse. This is a curse. It's a curse. No, it's not. Because if, you're under, if it's under the blood, then the curse is broken. You hear what I just said? If it's under the blood, that's why we say we put it under the blood. People come to me and say, well, I don't know about my children. What's going to happen? We're, 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 we're a broken family. We're a mixed family. My, we've been through a divorce. Or, you know, we've always been brought up in church. Or, or you know, my, my family won't raise up in church. And we, we, have, we have generational curses of suicide and addiction and, you know, di- different, you know, a- adultery, what, what, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what the curse is. The curse can be broken through the blessings of God. How do you do that? How was it broken? Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. When did that happen? 2,000 years ago on the cross. When you place something on the blood, what you're saying, I know it's a religious term, but what you're saying is, I believe that what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago is more powerful than what the enemy is trying to do in my life today. And either you believe it or you don't. I said, either you believe it or you don't. And if it's just, you might want to get your crucifixion. Hold on to it. Say, well, I believe in whatever the metal this thing is made out of. Uh-uh. I believe in the actual, the actual act, the crucifixion of Christ, and his blood that was shed covers a multitude of sins, and it breaks every curse. And that means you have the strength. And so we walk in those blessings. So it's frightening, but evil begins at home. I said, it begins at home. No, it's in, no, it's, it's out there in the street. No, it begins at home. It, 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 it begins in somebody's home. And once it begins in our home, and then it moves into the city, and then eventually it moves into an entire nation, then we've got a problem. So if it begins at home, then that means the blessings of God has to begin at home. So that's what I want to teach you today. So number one, um, and we'll have up here on the screen for you. Number one, we're going to do this in a couple of weeks. We're going to ded- you're going to dedicate your children to the Lord while they are young dedicate your children so we're going to do that um and, and not next week but a week after that i'm going to talk a little more about it uh jennifer's going to be here next week and we're going to have a wonderful time god's going to just just release an impartation next week make sure you don't miss next week there's going to be impartations completely released here ministry into our families which we which which is going to completely just propel you to the direction we need to go the next week we're going to dedicate our children if your children have been dedicated to the lord so i'm going to i'm going to talk to you also but dedicate your children to the Lord while they are young. First Samuel, we, we learned that in First Samuel because Hannah brought Samuel to, to the Lord and she, she, she gave them to the Lord. How many of you know you've got to just give your kids to the Lord? You've got to give them to the Lord because releasing ownership of your children to him, that's what dedicating your children to the Lord. You're releasing that ownership to them. Oh, you still got to feed them. You still got to clothe them. You still got to beat them. You still got to do all that other kind of stuff. But you're releasing ownership. You're releasing ownership of your children to him. Understanding this, whenever we're dedicating our children to the Lord, we understand this, that God is responsible for the way in which they were designed. Hear what I just said. When you're releasing ownership, you're releasing the fact that you understand that God is responsible for the way in which they were designed. How many knows that every child is, is designed a different way? Every, every child that is born is, is designed a different way. Who designed him that way? God did. And so if you want to know what, how they're designed, don't let the world tell you how your children are designed. You better know what this book says, how they're designed. And then because God is the one who designed them. 
And everything he designed, he designed your children like he designed us to glorify him, to honor him, to worship him all the days of their life. And so we always, we, that's what we're doing. We de- understand that God is responsible and he already knows the plans and he already knows the purposes for their future. God knows the plan and the purpose. Not some liberal, not some mindset, not some ideology, not, not, just, not just something that, not some demonic spirit here that God already knows the plan and the, and the future that he has for them. And that's why if he's the one that designed them, he's the one that's responsible and he's the one who knows the plan and he's the one that knows their future. And we must realize that God has lifted up to you to show them his way. It's up to you as a parent to show them his way. His way. Why? Because he is the one. He is the one that's responsible for the way they are. If, this one's, if you've got three kids and these two are, are easy and this one is hard, God designed them that way. And he knows the plan and he knows the purpose. And the fact that God gave you that tough child or the, or that, you know, or, or the you know, whatever, whatever you want to name it, the different child, whatever it is, God has gave you every single thing that you need to raise your children the way they should go. And you have to understand that God is left it up to you to show Show them his way. And don't believe the lie. In him, in his image, God created male and female in his image. Don't believe the lie. People come up with this whole identity crisis and trying to figure out, well, well, my, my, my little boy, he's six now. And I, I think he might be a girl and, and, you know, just nonsense and stuff happening. No, you got to understand, that's not, God, God created male, he created female. That's how he created them in the very beginning. It's up to us to realize that God has left it up to you to show them his way, not the world's way. And you're going to have to, it's a battle, it it, it is a battle. It's a battle for the souls of your children. Because the devil wants you to believe, he wants you to believe, wants you to believe the lie. The next thing I want you to do is bring your children early in life to a personal faith in Jesus Christ. You say, well, that's simple. Well, no, early in life. How many knows it's never too early to teach them that, you know what, you need Jesus in your heart. Or to remind them, Jesus lives inside of you. It's amazing. I can walk over to our, any one of our, our children's departments right now, and I'm telling you, you can find so much faith over there, and they'll tell you quick who lives on the inside of them. They don't have a problem with living for God because they, they understand it. Matter of fact, Matthew 9, 14, Jesus says, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And then he put his hands on their head, and he blessed them before he left. The whole thing about this Matthew 19 teaching here, we realize, if you remember the story correctly, that the disciples didn't want the children to come. They were trying to push them away. Said, I can't believe you let these kids come out here around Jesus, around their master. You have to understand, during that time, children were not, not was, the children were only endearing to their parents. Every other children during those times, they were, they were, they were a nuisance. They, 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 were, they were supposed to be they were supposed to be seen and not heard. And the last thing you wanted to do, especially in this time, that it, Jesus being such a, 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 a important figure that you didn't allow a lot of children to come around him. You just didn't do it. But whenever the children began to come around him, Jesus says, allow them to come. 
How many knows God loves your children? And so what Jesus began to teach us here is that like children who absolutely trust their parents, parents, you must trust God. Because he said, just as these children come running up, matter of fact, one of our movie nights, we had that where, where, the, where the children hung out with Jesus and would go out there. They, they trusted him. And he says, just like children, trust God. I just said, we can go over there and I promise you, you're going to find so much faith over there in our children's church right now. Because children trust God. Parents, you too have to trust God. If you're going to raise your children the way they should go, you should be like children. You should absolutely trust God. Trust God to help you make the right decision. Trust God to help you know what to do and when to do and who they need to hang out with and where they need to go and exactly what they need to do. You have to trust God. Faith is not about knowing everything or doing everything right. It's about knowing that no matter what happens, our Father will take care of us because that's what little children do. Little children know it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter how bad the situation is. It doesn't matter how much trouble we're in. We realize that daddy is going to take care of us. Sure, there's going to be some discipline. Sure, there might be some instruction. But we know at the end of the day, daddy is going to take care of us. And as parents, that's how we come to God like little children. Daddy's going to take care of us. Our Father, which is in heaven, He holy is His name, and He is going to take care of us. Trust in Him, even when life is terrifying and sad and makes no sense, is what makes a believer like a child. Even when life is hard, even when it's tough, even when it doesn't make any sense, how many knows that's what a child does anyway? They still trust their parents. They don't have to like it, but they still trust their parents. Faith is not knowing everything, but faith is knowing that we trust him in all things. And as parents here, we have to understand that. Bringing our children early in life, making sure, man, if you, I don't care how old your children, get them in church. Get them in the Word of God. Why? And I don't mean drop them off either. I mean you need to be here with them so that you got to, you got to come to them just like little children come to them, knowing that, that, that our Father, we can trust Him in any situation that we have. In the good times, in the bad times, when it's hard, when it's easy, we can always trust him. I like John chapter number 6, verse 37. He says, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. He said, I will never drive them away. I, 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 God loves his children. How many of those, even as parents, we are God's children, and he still loves us? I, I, was, I was reminded, and I, I just threw it in my notes real fast because I was praying about this yesterday. And, and I remember Peter, remember Peter come, uh, come, come running to Jesus. And, and, and as parents, a lot of times we think we've gone it up. But my kids are 8 or 10 or they're teenagers or whatever. Or, or you didn't start out the way you should. You haven't dedicated them to the Lord. You haven't done any of these things. But, but whenever Jesus came to Peter and, and he was washing her feet, Jesus came to Peter and he began to wash his feet. And Peter says, no, no, Lord, you're not going to wash me. But his feet was dirty. And usually a servant would come in and wash Peter's feet and wash the disciples' feet. But Jesus was showing them. He was teaching them servanthood. But what he was really was teaching them was this. Because Peter says, no, you, you won't never wash me. You, you won't never wash me. He said, well, if I never wash you, you can never have any part of me. And we, we see that as, as servanthood. That is right. But here's what he's really teaching Peter. He says, Peter, what I'm really teaching you here is this. 
that you can't always come to me when you're clean. Most of the time, you wouldn't come to me while you were dirty. Don't ever forget that as a parent. Don't always come to him just whenever you got it right. That's not trust. Trust is not whenever I get it right, when everything's going great, whenever I'm parenting a year, whenever I'm the one that everybody wants to read my posts on Facebook because I got it right. Uh uh-uh. uh. Jesus is always teaching, even when you've gone it up, messed it up, screwed it up, every situation you possibly had, you still got to come to me anyway because he's the one that can clean you. He can make a he can make an unqualified parent qualified right now. He can make one that's completely messed up and, and, and just has, has, has raised your children in a totally different direction. And being knows that he can fix it up just like this if you just allow him just to wash you and cleanse you. And this is what he's teaching us. So that's number two. Number three, teach your children to fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Really. Teach your children to fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The second part of Hebrews 1 and 9 says, we are to love righteousness and hate sin. Did you hear what I just said? We are to love righteousness and hate sin. And here's what most problems have, especially with, especially with church parents, okay? Let me hit you guys who are here at, at 9.51 on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, I love righteousness. Yeah, that's why we're here. As a matter of fact, that last, last song I had my hands up, that was some good stuff. You know why? Because you love righteousness. You love the fact that you dropped your kids off this morning and you saw that, man, everything is in order, everything is great, and, and God is moving over there. Pastor Jim's doing a wonderful job in teaching our kids. Man, they know their scriptures. Man, I just love righteousness. I love it. But let me tell you something. He didn't say just love righteousness. He said you got to love righteousness. you got to hate sin. Just as you're teaching your children to love righteousness, you have to teach them to hate sin. Why do you hate sin? Because I didn't say hate the sinner, hate the sin. I think we're mature enough to understand what I'm saying here. We hate the sin. Sin is anything that, that, that is against the things of God. And you teach them. You got to know what sin is. You got to pray and ask God. Whatever doesn't glorify God. Whatever, whatever doesn't bring honor to him. We have, enough, we have enough common sense to know what sin is. And we have to know it. We have to teach it to our, to our children. It's not just enough to drop them. Whether they're at church. Or they went to a youth group the other night and everything is good. Yeah, you love righteousness. But do they know that you hate sin? And what the world is trying to place upon our children today is trying, he, the devil don't care if you come to church. He also wants you to love the world at the same time. Go to church. Throw your hands up. He don't care. Just love him just as much. Love his stuff just as much as you love God's stuff. And most of the time in the church today, especially the church of 22, we don't know the difference. We don't know how to discern the difference. And so we take them to church, and we're, at the same time, we'll drop them off with somebody that's going to completely distort everything they just learned. Because you love righteousness, but you really don't love sin because you want to know what? Because when it all gets down to it, you love it too. And it's hard to kill something that you love. I better get off on that. Not enough just to love righteousness. We also must have to hate evil. Anyway, let's go to the next one. Y'all had enough of that one. Number four, protect your children. Protect your children from ungodly influences by being aware of Satan's attempts to destroy them spiritually through immoral companions. I wasn't going to put immoral companions on there. I'm going to add it just so I can add to it here. But, but it's very important that we teach our children from influences by the enemy. How many of the enemy wants to take your kids out? 
The, the, matter of fact, the Bible says in First Peter, it says, be sober, be vigilant. You have an adversary, the, the, the devil, like a mighty lion, so you may devour. It's important as parents that we, t- we, we protect our children from that. Proverbs 13 and 20. Proverbs 13 and 20. He that walks with wise men shall be wise, but a champion of fools shall be destroyed. I mean, it's important that you realize who your children hang out with. Well, it is. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John 2 and 15. This is very important. The Bible says, the Bible says, do not, do not love the world or the things in the world. That word love there is agapeo. Not agape, it's agapeo. That means to, that mean, that word, that word love there means to welcome, to entertain, to be well pleased of, to be fond of. This love is a social, has a social sense or, or a social moral to it. Just, just social. It's just, just, it's just so-so in it, and it's welcome. And so read it that way. Do not be welcome to the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, then the love, there's agape, the Father's love, the love of the Father is not in him. Then say you don't have it because the, because the agape love is the unconditional love. He loves you unconditionally. But the agapeo love is to welcome, to entertain, to be well-pleased with, to be, to be fond of. And so he, the Bible tells us, do not allow your children to be fond of the world. Now, let me talk about the word world there. The word world there is cosmos. It's cosmos. Cosmos there means harmonious arrangement. Cosmos. Hormonic, because we just read it, we think, we think world. Well, I understand it's, it's the world, and, and, it's, and I, I, I got it. You know, it's, it's not the things of, of the church. I, I, you can tell the difference, but, but it's different here. What he's talking about here is cosmos, and it means a harmonious arrangement. It's an order or a government. So now we got to understand, if I was going to teach you, which, which, which you need, need some, Demonology, we have to understand that the reason why demons are so affected is because demons are in order and they have a government, which means they follow assignments. The devil's not everywhere at the same time. He delegates his authority to demons, these fallen angels, and they're in order. We can look at right now, the, it's, it's, it's not the world in a sense that is pretty and the things, there's things that are to enjoy and there's things to have fun with and, and God loves that. He loves for you to relax. He loves for you to go on vacation because you start talking about stuff like this. They're like, well, the pastor don't want us to have fun and pastor don't want us to, to ride on our boat. Pastor don't want us to, you know, go, go different places, do things. No, that's not the thing. You got to beware though of the world, of the, of the government order, of the order of the spiritual domain that is again your children against your family and this is what this world here means it's it, it actually cosmos actually means an ungodly multitude alienated from god therefore are hostile to the cause of god if you look at the you understand the world and what you don't want your children around are the people who are under the influence are people who have alienated themselves from god and we have to understand what pleases God and what doesn't please God for us to understand what is of the world and what is not of the world. Does that make any sense? So when someone says, well, no, a child, a boy can be seven and turn into a girl, I mean, that's not of God. Or if a man lies with a man or a woman lies with a woman, it's no different than a man and a woman lying together. They're not married. That's not of God. 
And so we understand all the cosmos, the things that, that are not, uh, they're alienated from God, and therefore they are hostile to the cause of Christ. Anything that is hostile to the cause of Christ, we can tag it, well, that's worldly. Because it doesn't stand for what God stands for. And God stands on his word. And so the Bible says it's important that we don't allow our children to love the world or the things in the world, which is this, this system that is set up against our children. There's a, there's a book, it's called The ABC of Diversity. It was, it was brought to my attention this week that a church in our town, and I'm talking about Shalot, it's not a very big town, um, is actually teaching this to, uh, to some of the, 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 the children workers to, 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 to teach this curriculum here. It's, it's a book. It's called The ABC of the Versity. Do, do you have the picture of that? Yeah, there it is. Um, that's a worldly book. And, uh, and it's being taught in some churches because it's the ABC of diversity. And, and we understand... We understand diversity of parents, diversity, um, children's going to look different. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to talk different. They're, they're, they're brought up different. And, you know, even in our church, we've got people from the north, south, the east, and west. We've got white, black, Hispanic, everything, everything's different. And so that, that's diversity. But diversity here, I read the book. I got the book, downloaded it, and I read the book. I don't want you to read it, but I read the book. And, and one of the things that's completely different is it, it, it actually attacks the, um, well, I say attack, I, I call it attack, even like gender reveals. It says, you know, you got gender reveals, and it says how, how before the child is even born, I mean, you're having these gender reveal parties, and they're saying that it's a girl before the child is even born. So somebody has already identified, identified this, this child before the child is even born. And so there's a whole chapter on that. There's another chapter on, um, on, on a game. My, my, my grandkids play Guess Who. It's a, it's a game that you, I don't know if you ever played Guess Who or not, but it's a game that, that you guess who the people are. And you're on one side, kind of like Battleship. You're on one side, you're on the other side. To me, it's a Battleship. But anyway, yeah. You, know, you, you try to guess, you know, and, and, and they look different. They got long hair or short hair, blonde hair, or dark hair. They white or they black as a boy or a girl. And this woman says she was offended because she was watching her kids play it. And about the first or second question was always, is it a boy or a girl? And how dare you identify the point? Guys, that's worldly. That's what I mean by worldly. That's against the cause of Christ. That's against the things that, uh, that, that, you're, that, that what the Bible teaches. And if we as parents are not aware, if our parents are not, are not discerned to make sure that you, you cannot keep your kids away from it. It's everywhere. We're living in the last days. It's everywhere right now. It's, it's being pushed. It's an agenda. Remember, it's an order. It's a government. It's a movement. It's spiritual. It's not physical. It's not fleshly. This is spiritual. When all it's the Democrat and Republican things, I hope Republicans get in there and fix it. You better wake up. It's not a political thing. It's not a political thing. And we'll deal with that later. But it's not a political thing. It's a spiritual thing. That's why you, that's when you need to understand you got to get behind this thing and realize and make sure that the children's love for God is so much more than their love for this world. And if you love the things of, if you love God, then you love the things of God. And what breaks his heart is what breaks your heart. How do you know what is sin? Because God has placed a mechanism in you called conviction. Let me preach for a second. I, I just felt that. 
Well, I don't know what is right. I don't know what is wrong. I can't, I don't understand the Bible. That's okay. If you're a child of God, you have conviction. That's what, that's how you became a child of God. Conviction means convince. To be convicted means you're being convinced by the Holy Spirit that you are a sinner and you need a Savior and God is it. He, he used a preacher. He used a song. He used a church. But the Holy Spirit is the one who convicted you or convinced you that you are a sinner and you're going to go to hell and let yourself Jesus into your life. And because of that conviction or because of that convincing, then you open up your, I don't care if you were eight, I don't care if you were 18, I don't care if you're 48 or 68 or 88, the conviction power of God was upon you and that's how you were saved because it's by the Holy Spirit. And no man can be saved apart from the Holy Spirit. But I got good news for you. The day you accept Christ, that conviction didn't go away. It stays in you. How many is thankful for the conviction power of God? And that's what we pray. We pray for that conviction. We understand that conviction. And whenever the conviction power of God tells you that ain't right, then I, but, but, trust me, he knows better than what you do. Oh, I need to stay on that longer. Everybody got that one? Make sure the next one, make sure I'm about finished. Make sure your children are aware that God is always observing and evaluating what they do and what they think and what they say. I want to go to Psalm 139 and verse, I'm going to read this out of, out of the Passion translation i got time i'm just going to read verse one through probably six so if you don't have a passion translation get you a passion translation it's because i like it imagine sitting down with your kids a teenager repetitiously we ain't read psalm 139 for a while let's read it lord you know everything there is to know about me You perceive every moment of my heart and soul and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. Mm. He don't just know. He understands every thought before it even enters our mind. I think some of his parents need to read this. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak. Before I even start a sentence, you know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. I love that. Imagine telling your kids, God always gone before you, before every step. Before you take that step, he's already taken it. You've gone into my future, prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Not only does he go before us, but he's gone behind us and spare us from the mistakes in which we made. Come on, church. Come on, parents. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength wouldn't it be awesome if your kids knew that he knows your future he knows his past he knows what you get ready to think he knows what you get ready to say but guess what and they understand that his his knowledge of you is incomprehensible you can't even comprehend it and everything about you 
he still loves you more than you could ever love him. Wouldn't that be something great to teach you? Make sure your children are aware that God's always deserving and evaluating what they do, what they think, and what they say. Because God is omnipresent. You go to the next one. If I got two more, I got three more. Establish your children in a spiritual church where God's word is proclaimed. His righteous standards are honored and the Holy Spirit is manifested. You know what I just said? I mean, it, it's not, it doesn't matter just to go to church. How many knows you, got, you don't want to go to the wrong church? Did he say that? Yeah, I said it. What's the right church? Well, I'm glad you asked. Mark 16 and verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Now, what's that got to do with church? Well, let's read it again. In New King James says, And the Lord went out, told me the disciples, went out with them and preached, went, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with, if you got a New King James or a King James, there's a word them there. That word them there is in italicized. That means it's not in the original manuscript. Not the original Greek manuscript. So it was, it was placed there because by, by, by the Latin writers because it transferred to English because it reads better. And so when we read it this way, we've got to take that word out because that's really what it said. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. It's something like they went with the disciples. Well, he did go with the disciples, but it means more than that. So if you take the word them out, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word, the word with accompanying signs or with signs following. You know what that tells me as a pastor, what kind of church this should be? This should be a church that preaches the word, that God saves, that God heals, that God delivers, and God sets free. Amen? We got to preach it. That right is right and wrong is wrong. That hell is hot and heaven is beautiful and eternity is long. But not only do we preach it, it says, and the Lord, and the Lord working with, take them out, and confirming that word with signs following. There should be signs that people are getting delivered. What does that mean? People should be getting delivered in your church. There should be signs that people are getting healed. What does that mean? That people are getting healed in your church. That means that strongholds should be preached and that strongholds should be broken in your church. If they don't believe in that or they don't allow that, then you're in their own church. But I'm here to tell you, we believe it. And not only do we believe it, but we expect it every time we get together hallelujah amen Woo. right well we don't well pastor we don't do that down where we attend because you know leave run look I, I'm, I'm emails are coming already just because I'm you know but okay encourage your children to remain separate from the world and to witness and work for God. James 4 and 4. Here's the last one. 
Teach your children. This is most important. Teach your children that God loves them and has a specific purpose for their life. You can read it when you get home, Luke 1, 13 through 17. I love that because when Zach, when God appeared to Zechariah, he told him every he told him everything about John. He's gonna be great, he's gonna prepare the way of the Lord. I love that because we have to teach our children that God loves them, has a specific purpose for their life. God is no respecter of persons. He had a respect, he had a specific purpose for John, and he 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 just he just he just line upon line and precept upon precept told about for like three verses. And it's so very important as a parent that we don't also tell them all this other stuff. Make sure we also tell them that, you know what? And the bottom line is simply this, that God loves you and he has a specific purpose for your life. And it is good. And it is awesome. And it is exceedingly abundant above all that you can ask or you can think. Because we are a family that loves God and we trust Him and we serve Him all the days of our lives. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. There was a story of the queen, about the queen and her daughter, that the queen took her daughter to a function. And what kind of function it was, but she took her to this function and the daughter was sitting there beside the queen as people that was talking. And, and as, as the person was talking, the, the queen's daughter kept on slumping down into the chair. And the queen was looking at her and say, sit up. A few minutes later, you know, the, as, you know, it was very boring to the child and uncomfortable to her. And so she just, you know, began a few minutes later, she started, you know, like any child would do, would start, start slumping down some more. And the, the queen would say, I said, sit up. And of course, it worked. After about three or four times, you know, the, that, that go wrong. Then finally, the queen looked at the queen's daughter. And she looked at her. She says, sit up. Don't you know who you are? You are a child of the king. So I need you to sit up. tell some parents here today I don't know what you're going through I don't know what your struggles are I don't know what the, the, the heaviness is I, 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 I don't know I, I just don't know but, but regardless of whatever situation the queen was telling her daughter regardless of what it is that's calling you to slump you can't slump you got to sit up why? because you are a child of the king I'm here to tell some parents today if you know Jesus as your personal savior and he lives in your heart I'm here to remind you today that you are to sit up you are to sit up you're not to slump. You're not to roll your shoulders. You're not to shut your head down. You're not to give up because regardless, I don't know what makes it hard. I don't know what makes it uncomfortable. I don't want to make it too heavy for you to bear. But you are to sit up this morning and you are to say, wait just a minute. I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And no matter what, the regardless of the situation, we can get through this. Come on. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Can we sing something? Come on. Come on, let's just sing and magnify the Lord. Right now, he's up to something. Come on, how many believe 
God is doing something in life today. Yeah, He loves us so much that He wants to give us. It's not hard. It's hard without Him. I know we get uncomfortable and things get heavy on us, but the end result is we all to remind us. We all to remind ourselves who we are. Amen. So this week, I want everybody to sit up, put your pad like a T-rail, square your backs, square your shoulders, and realize who you are, who your children are, and that the devil is a liar. Amen. And the best is yet to come. Let me bless you. I'm going to bless you. Before you go, if you need prayer, if you need help, someone to agree, agree with you today, I want you, my prayer workers up here, they love to pray with you. Boy, I'm telling you, this, this, this should be a, I, I'm really, let me go ahead and say this. I'm really excited. I know that God's going to just release ministry. We've been releasing ministry in a totally different way every single week. If you need one-on-one prayer this week, please come up here and just, just, just agree with these guys in prayer. And, uh, I mean, just, just to bust you through any line of defense the enemy's trying to hold you back on. But I want to, before that, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to say this for this, this congregation. This Sunday is Caleb's last Sunday here. I know. I know. But we're going to bless him next service in, in, in transition. He's going to, he's going to, don't feel too sorry. Feel, feel, he's, he's going to Reading. He's going to Bethel Church in Reading. He's going to school up there for a year. And his mom and daddy still lives down here, so he, he'll be back. But he's, God's caught upon his heart to go there and ministry school there, and he's going to go there and be there for a year or till next May or June, yeah, till May. So uh, we're going to pray him and, and bless him. But I, I want to make sure that this congregation knows when he gets missing, that's where he's at. So be praying for Caleb. Be lifting him up. You can follow him on social media. I'm sure he's going to tell us all the great things and all that kind of stuff. But but how many, how many is thankful for this man of God, young man of God right here? How about his parents who raised his child to come in here and pray for, pray for the Lord? Isn't that awesome? And so I want to make sure you guys, so let's pray, let's, let's bless, and bless, bless Clayton, you know, just, just ask God's blessing to come upon us and just help us. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for so many things that, God, we cannot do without you, Lord. But I know with you, God, we can do all things. So, Lord, I just, I just bless parents right now. I bless grandparents. I bless guardians. I bless people who know people who, 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 who struggling with their kids, Lord. I pray for a revival, Lord, in our homes. 
I pray, dear God, revival, Lord, even before it happens, God, in these altars and, and on this stage and in this house, God, it's going to happen in our house, Lord. That, God, we're going we're gonna to love righteousness and we're going to hate sin. God, we're not going to love the things of this world, God, but we're going to love you, Lord. The things that you love, God, the things that you endure, Lord, we're going to release it right now. God, we let just release strength, God, and anointing, God, to be able to raise our children the way they should go, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the power, God, to be able to stand up because we know who we are, that we are children of the King. And, God, we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next service. We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.